Blog Talk Radio. Welcome all truth seekers from across the globe. This is Reverend Karen L. Heasley from the Spiritual Path Church of Newcastle, Pennsylvania in the United States. Our truth seeker show covers a variety of subjects from angels to afterlife communication to parapsychology to spiritualism to near-death experiences, meditation, and a number of other truth seeking topics. We are happy you have chosen to join us for this episode and hope you find it informative and enjoyable. After our chat today, we will be taking calls. Here is our number. Now get a piece of paper and a pencil and write this down. 657-383-0416. I'm going to repeat that again. 657-383-0416. We also have a chat room open, so if you can't call, join us on the chat room. Today's guest is Robin Foy. Robin and Sandra Foy are psychic researchers who have specialized in investigating physical mediumship and physical phenomena in depth for 42 years now. Consequently, their unique experiences qualify them to be recognized as two of the most knowledgeable people in the world regarding this specialized subject. Over the years, they have sat with numerous physical mediums, like Leslie Flint, Gordon Higginson. <clears throat> While they do not classify themselves as spiritualists or have any connection with spiritualism as such, they do see themselves as spiritual scientists and approach the important subject of spiritual science with a primary scientific motivation. Robin and Sandra were also co-founders of the ISM Link of Home Circles and the New Spiritual Science Foundation. Additionally, Robin was the personal founder of the Noah's Ark Society for Physical Mediumship in 1990. They moved to Street Farmhouse in School, Norfolk. In 1991, that's, that's when it all started. That's when the school circle was formed. Hello, Robin. Nice for you today to join us. Hi, yeah, I'm pleased to be here. Good, and we also have another guest, another co-host, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Susan Linville. I've been uh, helping Karen with blog writing here at the Spiritual Path Church. Uh, We just uh, completed a book of blogs, uh, Treasures from the Spirit World, which is uh, coming out any minute. And uh, I have a Ph.D. in biology, so uh, the school research is a big interest of mine, and uh, I had to come and meet Robin. Good to have you here. So I guess we want to let our listeners know a little bit about you and how this all started. And also, you have another book as well, right? Um, Yes, I've written two books, yeah. Okay. Um, So if you want to just... Give us a little bit about yourself and how this all started, 
you know, the beginning of your uh, physical mediumship? Well, I've I've always been honest, uh, interested uh, in um, ghosts, if you like, when I was a child. Uh, and my parents uh, always used to sort of buy me books on the subject, which uh, I used to read all the time. Um, but I never really came into the, the subject as such until I was in my 30s. Uh, and uh, at that age, I really started to get involved with physical mediumship and physical phenomena. Um, it was funny in a way because uh, I'd never really had any experience of uh, spiritualism as such. Uh, and I'd never really been into any spiritualist churches. But I just happened to notice when I was living close to a, a city in, in the UK called Leicester, that in the local paper, there was an advert asking for anybody who was interested in psychic research to contact a box number there. Well, I looked at this advert for a while, and whilst it wasn't written in bold type in the newspaper, um, I decided that it, it looked as though it was, and I had to answer it. So I answered this and basically said, yes, I was interested. Uh, and uh, next thing I knew, I was asked to go for an interview um, to a house in Leicester um, that was sitting on its own, away from the main road, away from other houses, uh, with fields all around. Uh, and uh, we, it was explained to us by the chap who was a guy called Elmer Brown. Um, mm. We used to call him Bill as a nickname. Uh, and Elmer had been sitting for physical mediumship for many years, and he had a circle there, um, but he was always sort of losing sitters uh, and looking for more sitters. So unfortunately, although he'd been sitting for that length of time, um, he hadn't really developed anything worthwhile. There was a little bit of phenomena occurred there, but not too much. And he was interested uh, particularly in getting what's known as independent voice. Uh, that's a situation where spirit voices speak from midair, um, not from a, a, a medium's throat or, or um, through a, a medium's larynx, um, but totally independently, so that everybody in the room can hear them and everybody in the room can get involved in the conversation. Uh, and uh, whilst we were having this uh, interview there. Um, there must have been about 12 people had come and answered this um, this advert. Um, he was looking really for about six or seven, uh, and quite a few of them decided that they didn't want to didn't want to stay or get involved. But we were asked if we would like to see the room where these sittings took place. Everybody said yes. That was left there, and so we sort of went up the stairs in a crocodile, um, sort of um, following the, the uh, guy who ran the circle, because you had to go through his bedroom to get to this um, annex, which was over a garage. Uh, and uh, as we were walking up the, um, up the stairs, uh, all of us there um, distinctly heard the sound of a baby crying uh, and uh, mentioned it to Bill, and he sort of said, well, Maybe it was a message from spirit for us uh, and uh, didn't think any more about it at the time, apart from the fact that it had obviously come from within the house because everything around the house was, was quiet and there were no other houses there. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, about a week later, uh, my first wife and I, who had applied to adopt, got a telephone call from the adoption agency um, telling us that um, we'd better get there quick because they had a baby for us. Wow. So it was my message. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And that's how it really started. Uh, and of course, I was very easily hooked on that because it had been so evidential. And uh, as I'm involved in this subject, I've always sought for evidence um, because evidence is, is the one thing um, that can actually give you a definite answer to the question, does life exist after death? Uh, and uh, I can say without any um, hesitation now that after 45 years involvement in this particular subject, um, most certainly um, I don't believe in life after death. Uh, and everybody sort of gags a little bit when I say that. I just simply tell them, well, I don't believe in it because I know it exists. Therefore, <laughs> Good for you. Uh, knowledge is much That's better true. than belief. I sat in that circle for about 18, 18 months in total. Uh, and then I moved down to London uh, with my job. Uh, and in London, I came across a particular chap. Uh, who was a natural physical medium and a most fantastic um, deep trance medium. Uh, His name was John Squires. Mm -hmm. And uh, we formed a little circle in London where eventually um, they got the independent voice. Uh, And so I was getting involved with different um, independent um, physical mediums at that time. Uh, and whilst I was still in the circle up in Leicester, uh, the chap there knew Leslie Flint very well. And Leslie Flint was a very, very famous independent voice medium. Uh, yeah. And as you sit with, sat with him in the darkness, um, voices would come and talk to you, spirit voices, whilst Leslie was speaking himself. Uh, and uh, these, these voices, these spirit voices would often join in. They'd announce their names, and I think the first time we went, after I'd been sitting in Leicester for about six months. Um, We had about 15 different spirit people came and talked to us. uh, And uh, I was hooked on it because I realized this was for me. uh, And this is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And that's exactly really what I've done ever since. I met my wife, Sandra, uh, in a physical circle, the one that I started with um, uh, John Squires which was in Romford, um, about sort of uh, eight or nine miles outside the centre of London to uh, to the east. Uh, and uh, we sort of went from there. When we married, um, we actually started a number of circles ourselves uh, in which we were able to get some good results. But there were several different circles and um, some were good, some were bad, some didn't receive uh, any results at all. But we learned an awful lot about the subject and got the opportunity to sit with many, many physical mediums who were all genuine and getting some wonderful stuff. And these mediums were very dedicated to what they they stood for, right, Robin? I mean, they were. Yeah, absolutely, yes. So you don't consider yourself a medium, correct? Uh, no, I don't. Um I have been used um, for trance in the past, and so has Sandra. But neither of us really consider ourselves mediums. 
because so the, you... the real success that we had with the skull experiment, um, although we had two physical mediums sitting with us who were in deep trance, um, it was stated by the spirit team that worked with us uh, that everybody in the group was adding to the, um, the phenomena that was occurring. And mm, so it, it was being done in a new and different way by using only energy and not the traditional way in which ectoplasm was used. The energy was used. Another question. When you sat in circle with Leslie and Leslie was talking and you heard the different um, voices, would, would they come from different areas of the room, Robin, the spirit voices? Um, well, towards the end of his life, which is really when we knew Leslie best, um, mm-hmm. In the main, they came from a point about six feet in front of him. Um, okay. But I have been there on occasions when they came from all round the room. And yes. certainly when we got independent voices uh, in mm-hmm. the skull experiment, they came right. from everywhere in the room, that. even right. under the carpet. Okay. So do um, you want to go on a little bit or um, with your journey or... Then you started the school experiment. I don't want to jump from here to there. I want you to tell us. Well, all there, we were, there were many um, circles in between, as I was explaining. Yes. Um, but uh, we were totally committed and totally dedicated um, to getting um, very good phenomena. Uh, and we didn't want to settle for second best. So mm-hmm. many circles started and many circles finished. Um, not always because of the fact that... Um, um, we weren't doing things right, but very often um, the sitters that we picked to sit with us were not suitable for it. Uh, and Correct. very often um, people would join a circle hoping to get immediate results and not wanting to spend six months or a year developing it. Uh, consequently, we did have a few people would walk away quite soon after they'd joined the circle. And it wasn't until really we got the circle together in Skoll that we started to get some very, very good results on a regular basis. Okay. So, um, th- these earlier circles, did I know you did a lot of documentation with Skoll, uh, but yes. did you do that with the earlier circles, or was this a, a new thing? Um, yes, you... there's a fair amount of documentation. and uh, in, in fact, in my very first book, um, which was called Um, in pursuit of physical mediumship, Mm -hmm. um, which is still available actually from Amazon. Um, There's quite a lot of detail about my early life and and the different circles that we started and ran. Okay, that's interesting. I'll have to to read that one. I have that book, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good book. Uh, So now we'll talk about the... uh, um, the school circle, they ran close to five years. Is that correct, Robin? Yeah, it was indeed um, five years or slightly over, actually. Um, it, in reality, it started in 1992 uh, and it finished in November in 1998. Okay. So how did that all come about, Robin? Well... Uh, we we had a, a, a funny life in that um, we were led by spirit, basically. Um, we both had many, many sittings with different medium. And right throughout it all, we were being told by spirit uh, that we had to, to do a special or, or had to put together a special circle. 
and that we would get very, very good results. Uh, and that really led us. Um, when we started out as a married couple, we had a couple of um, shops in the London area. Uh, and uh, we used to, the circles then were, were basically part time. Um, but uh, uh, we went on um, from there to decide that we, we owned a house in uh, Harold Wood, which was just outside London. Uh, and we decided that we needed to move um, to um, Norfolk. Uh, and my wife, Sandra, got that. She's very psychic uh, and she's quite clairvoyant. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she simply got it uh, one day when she was standing in one of the shops and saw a, uh, a lorry go by, that, go by that said Norfolk line on it. Uh, and, and she said she knew that we had to move to Norfolk. Uh, and uh, I didn't hesitate because I was very much with her in, in, in our pursuit of physical phenomena uh, and decided that that's exactly what we would do. But we thought it'd be a very good idea uh, if we looked, or we, we kept the, the house in uh, Harold Wood, um, but we looked to rent a, a house uh, in the Norfolk area uh, and uh, decided that it might be a good, e a good idea if we picked a house that had been used for spiritual things. So we decided that we would approach the Church of England uh, and see if they had any rectories or vicarages um, that they didn't need at that time. Because as you may know, um, the Church of England, as well as many other churches, is losing members left, right and centre. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. it got to the point that all the little village churches had hardly any congregation. Uh, so what happened? in many cases, was that they uh, withdrew a, a full-time vicar or rector in a particular area. Uh, and consequently, um, one vicar or rector would look after um, three churches. Uh, and that meant that there were probably two vicarages that were not being used. Uh, and we approached uh, the, um, uh, the Norwich Cathedral uh, people there, and they told us that... Uh, they did actually have a, a house to rent, which was out in, in Posick or Postwick, as it's spelt, in Norfolk. Uh, and uh, we could move in there. So we actually did that. Uh, and it was a rectory. We lived there for two years, uh, up until the point that they, the um, church people wanted it back um, for a trainee vicar. Uh, and uh, at that time... Uh, Sandra had the experience that I'd had at looking in the, the local paper for properties to rent uh, in that uh, she spotted an advert for a, a farmhouse uh, in Norfolk uh, and uh, we didn't know where it was. It was not stated at the time that you had to apply before they'd even allow you to see the place. Uh, and it stood out to her in, in bold type, although it wasn't in bold type, uh, and so she decided we had to get in touch with these people, which we did. And it just turned out, turned out uh, that the place that was going to, was available was in Skoll, uh, in Norfolk, a little village in Norfolk called Skoll, S-C-O-L-E. Uh, and that's where we lived for 15 years, about the, probably the happiest 15 years of our life, in, as it turned out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where we started the circle, and that's when things really started to happen. Yeah. 
So you want to uh, talk to us about that? That's I know our listeners are anticipating about what happened in the circle. Well, there were so many different things. Um, we started to get some spirit lights, for instance, uh, and these were these varied very much. There was there were some big ones, some little ones, but these are things that everybody who was in the room could see at the time. Mm. Uh, and uh, these these lights sort of danced about in the room whilst we were there, uh, and they were developed um, by the spirit team. So that eventually, um, after we'd been sitting for a while at Skull. Uh, these lights were used for healing uh, and uh, the spirit team explained that they wanted to use them to actually enter the bodies of people who were there to give them healing. I was the guinea pig at the time. They did it with me to begin with and basically one of these little lights, a very, very bright little lights, um, actually came, would go straight through my chest into me uh, and uh, I could actually feel it around my body and it was very much, uh, the feeling was a little bit like a sort of butterfly flying around everywhere inside me. Um, no pain whatsoever at all, but um, this, this is what was sort of happening. And then maybe two or three minutes after it had entered me, it shot out of my arm again. Uh, mm. And it was developed over the years so that healing could be given by this light entering people. Uh, and we, we actually demonstrated out in California once uh, where um, uh, people were sitting in a room there uh, and one lady in particular had dreadful pains in her knees and hadn't really been able to move around well for many years. Uh, and she sat with us on one occasion there uh, and the little light went into her knee uh, and after that sitting when she walked out of the room she had absolutely no pain in that uh, left in, in, in that uh, knee at all. Uh, so much so that she actually came and sat with us again a week later uh, and little light went and went into her other knee. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, after that sitting, she had no pain in that knee. Well, this was actually back in about 1996. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, She's never had pain in those knees since. She's perfectly okay, never had a problem since. But this did wow. happen on a number of occasions. Yeah. That so was the one were... thing. Then we started the very first phenomena we got, the first proper proper phenomena, was apports. Now, they're little presents. Apports, so I was just going to ask that. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the first one that we had um, was actually uh, a coin, um, which was called a crown, an English crown, um, with the features of, of Winston Churchill on it. Uh, and uh, we were told that the appearance of this crown was something for us to mark great things in the future. And throughout all the time that we were sitting at Skoll, of course, um, we had Winston Churchill working with us. Um, right from the very you. beginning of, of our um, marriage, um, we've actually had Winston Churchill around. Uh, and there have been so, so many occasions when this has been proved to us. So do you, are you still in possession of all the reports that you received, or are they stored uh, most somewhere? Of them. Some of them were actually given to sitters at different times. So we had about 100 reports at the time, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, some of them were very big. Some were quite funny. Um, for instance, they even apported um, a seaside postcard 
um, that said on it, um, uh, if you're alive, ring. And if you're not alive, um, <laughs> don't bother. Uh, <laughs> and sort of jokey things. It just showed that Spirit mm-hmm. have got a sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on another occasion, we'd been watching a television channel before we went down and had our sitting there, but we hadn't told the other sitters about that. Uh, and uh, it just happened to be about um, um, chimpanzees and monkeys. Uh, and when we went down and, and sat in the cellar down at the bottom of the, the farmhouse, um, there was an apport that appeared, or it came onto the table in the darkness, sounding very much like a house brick. It was a very loud thud. And when the lights went on at the end, it was actually a carved monkey um, that was about six wow. inches long. Uh, and uh, quite an amazing thing. Uh, and uh, it just showed that they knew what we'd been watching on the television. So yes. very, very interesting. And there's been so many different things we had. We've had thimbles. We've had, there was even a, a little gold medal that um, uh, that was cooked from Turkey that uh, that we had. I went to the British Museum to find out exactly what it was about. And these, these were items that were very often given to Turkish brides um, on their wedding day. Uh, mm. So, you know, we had a whole different variety of things there that, that happened and were given to us. Well, can you talk about that, the newspaper that appeared? The, uh, yeah, think it was um, that was, uh, we had uh, more than one. There were about three different newspapers that appeared. Um, one of them um, was about, was dated in 1944 uh, and had a story about Helen Duncan, who was a very, very famous materialization medium. Uh, and Helen Duncan, um, had she, she was materializing. She worked with ectoplasm. Uh, and during her sittings, spirit people materialized fully. Uh, and on one occasion, which was early, I think, in 1944, um, there was a, a sailor from the HMS Barham, which had been sunk. And his mother happened to be in the audience there. Now, the government had not told anybody at all that that ship had been sunk. So this sailor from the HMS Barham materialized and told his mother that the ship he was on had been sunk. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, with um, uh, Overlord sort of coming up, the invasion of of Europe, um, the government couldn't possibly afford to have information like this come out into the public. Uh, and so they actually put Helen Duncan into prison um, under the Witchcraft Act, because mm-hmm. they couldn't think of any other ways of putting her in prison, um, mm-hmm. purely and simply to stop her giving materialization seances uh, and giving away state secrets. So she was in prison for six months until after the invasion was over. Wow. Uh, and. Uh, you know, this, the story of this was in the newspaper that was apported for us. Uh, the interesting thing was that it was genuine wartime paper that had, had been produced uh, in 1944. And it was what's known in the, in, in the um, uh, paper trade uh, as um, um, uh, more mechanic. Uh, it was made from what was known as mechanical pulp, in other, wise, in other words. Logs were just ground up and made into paper, but they they hadn't been refined from the point of view 
that they hadn't have had the impurities taken out of the paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the impurity, the main impurity, is called lignin, uh, and when that type of paper um, is left open to the the air and the sun, um, within a couple of days, uh, it went yellow. Um, the interesting thing was that although this paper had been produced in 1944, when we received it, um, it was just as though it had come straight off the press. Uh, yeah. hadn't gone yellow at all. Uh, and a, a section of this paper was sent to, to Pyra, which is the Paper Industry Research Association, by scientists who were sitting with us to see if it was genuine wartime paper. Uh, and Pyra were able to say most definitely it was certainly genuine wartime paper that had been manufactured early in 1944. Uh, and the other mad thing is that although we we kept that um, um, paper in an airproof and lightproof container, within a week of receiving it, it had gone yellow. So yeah. that was quite amazing. And it was very evidential, of course. Mm-hmm. And the other paper, um, the, the, the other paper we had was was dated in 1945, uh, and it was a story about Winston Churchill um, having lost uh, the uh, election um, as prime minister in 1945 when the war was finished, and that again uh, was a, a very very old paper from that time, and that that was also classified by Pyra as genuinely wartime paper yeah hmm, that's interesting and what about um uh, like spirit photos um that was a that was something that uh, we had two different types of spirit photos that spirit team worked with firstly they said to us we could start to take cameras um into the the room when we had a sitting uh and we loaded well we loaded up one camera the first time we did this with 35 millimeter um, photographic film. Uh, and uh, when we, we uh, Sandra was told to pick it up uh, and uh, in the darkness, keep taking pictures um, until they said stop, which she did. Uh, and uh, when we had that, uh, that uh, film developed at the end of the sitting, um, there were 11 images amazing images from different places there, none of which we could relate to, but we were able to make sure that it was actually our film because when we'd put the film in the camera, we'd taken a couple of of, um, shots just to check that it was working okay. Um, But all the other um, plates that were actually on that film uh, came from anywhere and everywhere and we didn't know what they were about. Uh, The following week, Uh, another camera was brought in and we had two in there Uh, and on that occasion both cameras were put down on spare chairs uh, and they were levitated by spirit moved around the room uh, and kept on taking pictures once again on each of those cameras when um, when the film was um, um, worked out at the end um, we discovered that there were 11 plates on each of those cameras, Uh, all different things, all different places, photos of people, photos of funny things, you know, like aircraft. Uh, It it was quite amazing. Um, But that was the first time that we worked at all with um, 
um, with any film. Uh, later on, um, we were given a, a video camera um, by a businessman um, from Switzerland, from Switzerland, uh, and um, we did a different set of, of photographic um, experiments then. Uh, it became known very well as um, the Alice experiments um, because the video camera was aligned um, with two mirrors um, so that it formed a complete circuit. Uh, and uh, we were getting some, well, it didn't work immediately, um, but eventually we were getting some very, very good footage on that video camera of spirit people uh, and also of beings from other dimensions, in other words, ETs. Uh, and there were also on there some pictures uh, of um, landscape in the spirit world. Quite amazing stuff. Yes. Now, I have a question. Um, and I don't know if I read this correctly, but did Thomas Edison help in some way with the circle? Uh, he or? did, um, but that was with a little device which we knew as the TDC, mm -hmm. um, Transcommunication Device. Right. And this, this device, he actually gave us a blueprint of this device. Uh, he wanted us to build it, uh, and the blueprint came on an unopened film, um, which was locked into a, into a box. Uh, so that nobody could get in could do anything or touch it or whatever during the course of the session. And afterwards, uh, when we developed that, um, there along the whole length of the film um, was this picture uh, of the TDC device uh, that he wanted us to build, plus um, some words that he'd written on there about being able to help us with this. And then it was actually signed with his initials T-A-E, at the end of the film. Uh, now, we had, when, when this actually happened, uh, we had three scientists sitting with us on that occasion, uh, and these guys got in touch with the Edison Institute, uh, and they asked if they could be sent um, something of his that had um, a copy of something that, uh, of his that had his initial um, signature on it. Uh, and they were sent a memo from 1926, uh, which was signed T-A-E, his initials, uh, and when they compared those initials on, his, on the memo of, uh, of 1926 with the initials T-A-E that were on the film, they're identical. So that was amazing. And not only that, but this TDC device allowed us eventually, it took almost a year to get that working properly, and it was plugged um, into the um, amplifier of a tape recorder so that we could hear what was being said through the device. Uh, and um, the very first person, when we got it working properly, the very first person to speak to us through that device was Thomas Edison himself from the spirit world. He spoke to us for 15 minutes, and we still have a recording of that somewhere. Oh, dear. Wow. So... So what other ways was this TDC device used in um, Robin? Well, it had been intended that we could use that device to actually link up with people from other dimensions, in other words, ETs. Uh, and the spirit team told us that into that device, they'd built a system which they called the Idolis system, uh, which stood for 
um, uh, in, interdimensional, um, yeah, interdimensional oral language interpretation system. So that, for instance, we were eventually able to hook up with ETs who could speak to us through this device, but because they had the idolist system there, and obviously these ETs that we did contact were not able to speak English, um, hence the idolist and necessity for it to, to be able to um, change the language, because they all they did basically was think into this, and mm -hmm. it came out almost like robotic English. But it was very, very interesting to be able to contact places literally in space um, that um, people have been trying to contact for many years. We had a laugh about that because this device was very cheap to build. Um, apart from um, it had had a, a crystal of um, um, of a, a, a semi-precious metal in there, uh, and uh, this device, uh, you know, we were getting. Uh, audio um, conversations going on with, with another world uh, and the people in the States and various other places on Earth that have been sitting for many, many years with these very big devices and, and dishes and what have you. Uh, they spent millions and billions on, on all of this and they weren't having any, any success with speaking to other worlds. And here we were, conversation, conversation with ETs constantly. And that's because of Thomas Edison, right? Correct? He led the way for you. Yes, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, usually with circles, don't you have spirit guides that help with the circle or somebody from the spirit world that may be designated to help the people in the circle? Yeah, all all circles um, have spirit guides, definitely. Um, okay. Physical circles... Um, need them if, if they're working, for instance, with a single medium. Um, the way that we work these days, we don't do that. Again, um, we, we currently have a circle with six people in it. Uh, and each of those six people um, add to the energy that's necessary for our spirit team. And we don't say that they're guides, basically. It's a spirit team that work with us. Mm -hmm. We've been told okay. that that's actually many hundred strong now, um, but there's probably only about 20 or 30 of those spirit people who speak to us um, on a regular basis. But the, each of them have their own little department. There, there's a little department sort of handling spirit lights. There's a department working with independent voice. There's a department working with teleportation of full spirit people. Uh, and there's just so many different aspects that they can work with. So, okay, so the team would actually work with you. There'd be the you team, and the, the team. The team work with us constantly. Yeah. Uh, and although they each have their own little section that they're working with, uh, overall the team are working together um, to bring us phenomena such as they, they think we need at a particular time. Um, but the team are not the only people that are sort of um, are working with us because above the team um, you have what's known as a council of communion yeah, uh, and communion. these are uh, a more, um, more developed um, spirit beings who act almost like a, a board of control in a company. So they're overlooking the, the spirit team that work with us. 
but they're actually making the big decisions as to what should happen when. What direction the circle should be going in, right? Yeah, that exactly. usually how yeah. that works? Yeah. So there's the Council of Communications, then the spirit team, and then the school group. Is that usually how it goes? That's that's how it worked. And, of course, mm-hmm. the, the group that we're running now is not the Skull Experimental Group. It's known as the Torcal Experimental Group. Um, okay. The name taken from the mountain close to the, the center that we want to buy and turn into a, a, a center for physical mediumship. Um, I have a question about, like, location. Um, yeah. The school experiments seem to be very successful. Is it because of the location? Um, and is this why you're in Spain and this other group is forming there? Is um, it it is, yeah, partially. Um, Skoll actually was, uh, the, the village was right on the major ley line in the U.K., that runs from St. Michael's Mount in Cornwall all the way through the country and comes out on the coast near Lowestoft. Skull was right on that right on that ley line. Explain what a ley line is. <laughs> well, a ley line is a line of, of very, very high energy, um, high spiritual energy that runs mm-hmm. throughout um, uh, through a country or or what have you. Uh, that that is what the ley line was. Uh, and not only that, but it had also been a centre way back in Roman times um, for, we think, um, possibly psychic ex- experiments um, because uh, the village of Skoll um, was known um, in, in Roman times, um, was known um, by a name which, which actually sounded very much like a psychic name. Uh, it was it's called Villa Faustini, and of course Faust and the story of Faust and the afterlife, etc. But that mm-hmm. was the name of Skoll, the village, in the time of the Romans, mm-hmm. uh, and we we were able to see that the, the Romans had been there because the farmhouse we were living in um, had a barn behind it, and whilst we were there, the barn was actually turned um, into a lovely house, and whilst that was happening. They actually found a fully clothed uh, body of um, of a centurion uh, wow. in the in the <laughs> barn, and that was actually buried in the local graveyard eventually. Mhm. Wow. That's something, uh, Robin. I did read, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Something about you had a, a glass dome that sat in the on the table in the center of the room. Was yeah, that correct? that's a very big part of, of our work now with, uh, with energy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> the reason for that is that in order to produce the phenomena, uh, the spirit team have to mix three types of energy together. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, they take the energy which they bring with them from spirit, okay. um, mm-hmm. which goes into the mix. Secondly, there's the spiritual energy from each and every one of the sitters, which is not sort of stolen from us, but is returned to us afterwards. Uh, And thirdly, um, there are certain places, geographical places in the world, that have natural uh, columns or spirals of energy um, in that particular place. And if you start a circle for this type of work, you can actually attract one of these columns of energy 
to you so that it, it stays in the area where you're, you're doing your psychic work. And if they take these three energies and blend them together, which is what they do, okay. um, they then get what they call a creative energy. Now, mm -hmm. the creative energy is stored in the glass dome and the central table whilst we're sitting. Uh, and it's the creative energy that spirit are able to use to do, um, do the phenomena. Uh, and, uh, you know, sort of that's, that's withdrawn as and when it's necessary from the dome. So the do uh, let me get this correct for our listeners too. So the do uh, the dome can actually be a portal for the spirit world or spirit people. Would that be correct or not? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, the portal go ahead. is necessary to be in the room. Um, okay. It's just a receptacle um, for the energy for for the um, the energy. Uh, okay. But there is a portal in the room. In our case, they built it on the, on the central table. Uh, oh, they did. Okay. When spirit people came into the room, they were teleported through the portal into the room, uh, mm -hmm. and by mentally drawing into themselves um, the creative energy, they were able to make themselves. And that actually took an awful lot of practice on yeah. their part, but they were I'm able sure. to draw into themselves the creative energy to a, a, a smaller or greater amount, so that they could. Um, actually make themselves more solid um, by pulling in this creative energy. And they could just um, make an arm and a hand, for instance, solid. Uh, we once had a, a lady who had quite a shock, um, and she was sitting with us when we, we had seminars that the public could come and sit in. Uh, and one lady was told, as they all were, that if you touch by spirit, you can touch back. Uh, and... Uh, she was touched by a spirit hand. She got very excited uh, and thought that she'd um, sort of follow the arm as far as she could up uh, up to the shoulder. Um, but in actual fact, the hand, of course, was properly animated. It was just like a normal human hand. Um, but she felt up the arm uh, and she felt normal clothes, which is exactly what you get when you're working with energy. Uh, totally different from the way that people work when they're working with ectoplasm. Um, but she... she felt um, a, a jacket sleeve and it sort of she went further up the arm further up the arm when she got to where the shoulder was <laughs> there was nothing more <laughs> it was just the arm and the shoulder but as it was explained to us by the spirit team yeah the, the, the actual spirit person was there but of course they didn't choose at that time um, to make the whole of themselves solid um, yeah. only the, the hand and the arm on that occasion well, that's pretty hard for them to do anyway, correct, uh, oh, Robin? It is, and they, they need to practice yes. it an awful lot to get it right. Yes. It takes a lot. It takes a lot out of them. Yes, yeah, so I wondered, what's the, okay, you want to talk about sustained visual objects? Yeah, um, sustained visual objects were things that were um, built up um, by the spirit world when we were sitting, uh, and... Uh, for instance, um, one of the things that, that appeared on, on several occasions was an actual um, angel or more than one angel. Uh, and they would actually build up on the central table so that we could see them. They were self-luminous and they would, they'd start at um, about six inches tall and they'd build up to about 18 inches 
Um, and if you can imagine um, seeing a, a picture of the Madonna um, with, with a sort of cowl or a hood, um, that's really exactly how they looked. But they would then, once they'd built up um, to that sort of uh, size, they would actually levitate, move around the room, round all the sitters, uh, and trail their robes over the sitters' hands. Uh, and the love that came from them when that happened was amazing. But we were told that they were actually angels. Could everybody feel that in the room, the the love that came from them? Did they experience that, all the sitters? Absolutely. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was tangible. Um, and also, you could feel this love when we had a solid spirit visitor. Well, a solid visitor who was actually an ET. And that happened on two or three different occasions. Um, when this little chap, we called him Blue because we have a, a picture of him that came mm-hmm. from the video camera. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know, he, he's actually Blue in the picture, but he um, stood in front of us after having been fully teleported into the room and he became quite solid. Um, he was, a say, I, I reckon probably about four feet, four feet, six tall at the most. Uh, and he stood in front of us, picked up our hands, put them on his head so that we could feel he was not human. Uh, and uh, when we did that, we could feel this wonderful love com- coming from this guy. Um, so this was an ET. There was absolutely nothing to be scared of. He was the most wonderful person. I think he's still around, and I think we'll be seeing him again. So true spirit energy is based on love. Would you say that? Would you say that to be that, correct? That absolutely. It, love is the key to everything. Mhm. Yes. Um, and I think I read somewhere too where um, you never really had any um, evil or bad things happen in the circle. Is that correct? Absolutely right. No, we mm. never had that happen. That's a great good point to bring that out. All really. of the sittings together at Skoll um, added up to about a thousand hours. We never had it happen. That that's a very good point to bring up. That uh, absolutely you you never had that happen. But I I find that fascinating about the love. That that was it, it was quite amazing, and everybody that had the opportunity to sit with us felt it. Um, changing the subject a little bit. Uh, the ETs. What do you think their relationship is to the spirit world? Are these um. Actual well, we, aliens in the physical world um, with more telepathic Yeah, I, I, I think the thing is that the ETs are, are very concerned about what we've done with our world. Let's face it, <laughs> yes. the world is in one heck of a state uh, yes. and seems to get worse by the day. And I think these little guys are sort of um, are hearing, if you like, our, our cries for help and wanting to come and help. Yes. Okay, now I'd like you to talk about sustained visual objects. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, visual visual spirit beings, VSB. I'm sorry. Yeah, visual spirit beings, yes. Yes, yes. Basically, solid spirit people who walked among us. Uh, and that happened on a regular basis uh, at Skull. We would have anything up to eight different spirit people walking around us quite solid at the same time. That's a, that's that's amazing. I'm just sitting here. The wow, 
up yeah. to eight people at a time in the circle from the spirit world. Yeah, and I mean, in in the end, there were only four of us in the in the group, uh, and two of two of those were in deep trance. So Sal, uh, Sandra and I were the ones that were able to actually observe um, all of these people there. Oh, that's a, that's another point I want to bring out in the circle. Is there a certain way the circle has to be set up? Um, the there, there is. Um, in, in fact, whilst we were at school, our mm-hmm. spirit team actually um, dictated for us a guide, a basic guide, um, which tells anybody that wants to start a circle exactly how to do it, exactly how to put the, the people together, exactly how to sit, uh, and what they can expect in their uh, their early uh, energy-based phenomena. How did that come to you th- that they told you that? Uh, yeah, it was it was literally dictated, um, but in independent voice, um, independent voice. during our sittings, uh, and we then put that down on on paper. We had a a load of these things printed in the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Several hundred have, uh, have been sold. Uh, and people all over the world keep contacting us and telling us that uh, thank you very much because uh, we tried it, it works, and uh, we've got phenomena. Now, now somebody uh, what we've done, it. because we've oh, run out answer. of the printed versions, we have mm-hmm. a version uh, that can be downloaded on the Internet. Now, where could the people find that at, Robin? If they go to my website, which is okay. www. Skullexperiment.com. They will find the uh, the the, the um, basic guidebook on there, and they can download it from there. Okay. That's also yes. the site where they can buy my book, Witnessing. Yes, the that's the site where you can buy the buy the book. You know, we have a caller. I'm going to let them uh, come on because they've been waiting to talk to you. So let's see it. Okay. Welcome. Good Hi. morning. Would you like How to you say something to Robin? Um, I was just listening, and it's interesting. It's, I'm a first-time listener. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we're pleased to have you. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I like it. Okay. Well, we didn't know if you had anything to ask Robin, or but you can certainly keep listening. Okay, I will, and if I do, I'll buzz. I'll hit the one. Thank you okay. very much. Thank have you. a wonderful day. That's really interesting that the people can download that, Robin. I mean, you know, for the cir- I mean, because that's really important, right? The dynamics of how people sit in a circle. Well, it, it is very much so, and of course, there are two different ways of working. Probably, I should uh, I should explain that to a certain extent. Okay. Um, the traditional way, um, people always imagine when you're talking about spooky things, um, is that there is ectoplasm involved. Now, Mm -hmm. ectoplasm um, is is a real thing, and I mean, I've witnessed it on many occasions. Uh, And uh, when you're sitting for physical phenomena using ectoplasm, there is generally only one physical medium involved, and that Mm -hmm. physical medium is sitting in deep trance. Also, most of the time, uh, he's sitting in what's known as a cabinet. And a cabinet, if you can imagine a Punch and Judy show at the seaside, uh, is about the size of the tent that they use for that. Uh, I've seen those. Now, 
um, there, there are very few uh, very good um, physical mediums around today uh, who are getting ectoplasm properly uh, and who are able to um, um, materialize full, fully materialize spirit beings using that ectoplasm. Um, one of the, um, the best and also is, is like a spiritual brother to me um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a medium called Kai Muga. Um, Kai is a German physical medium. Um, he travels all over the world, travels to the States, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere. Um, but Kai is getting full form materialization with his mediumship so that um, a spirit person can actually materialize using the ectoplasm and they use the ectoplasm uh, to create um, an image of themselves rather like a, a, well, a doll in a way, but an mm-hmm. animated doll, if you could imagine that. Um, but the ectoplasm um, is brought together and can be used for that. Um, it's quite dangerous to work with because um, if somebody does something stupid in a, in a group where ectoplasm is being used, it flies back into the body of the medium, can cause internal damage on, on, on some occasions, yeah. death. Um, way back, I mentioned a medium called um, Helen Duncan, who was right. a very famous materialization medium. Uh, and her materializations were fully solid and, and uh, were able to talk um, to people who were there and could be seen in a red light. Uh, and uh, she actually had way back, um, she, she had the police burst into one of her seances in Nottingham in the UK. Uh, and the ectoplasm in, in, in the, um, in the um, materialization shot back into Helen Duncan's body. Uh, within three weeks, she was dead. And that's happened on a number of occasions. Plus, um, you know, the worst that, or, or the best that can be hoped for if that happens, is a very severe burn to the medium. Hmm. Um, so that's quite a difficult thing to work with. And I mean, if you if um, you happen to um, be injured by that, there are all sorts of horrible things can happen. Um, but if you're working with energy, which is a, a newer way of working, a more modern way of working, firstly, it doesn't take so long to actually develop it. Um, you can develop phenomena in just months rather than years, because it can take up to 12 years plus for a, a medium working with ectoplasm to get full materialization. Uh, and uh, in, in our case, for instance, um, we've, we've been able to get phenomena in months um, rather than years. Uh, and uh, it's, if anything stupid happens, all, all uh, would occur uh, is that the spirit team would stop doing the phenomena, uh, but nobody, either the medium or, or the sitters, would be hurt. So it, it's very, very safe to work in this way with uh, with energy and not with ectoplasm. I, I've, I would think it wouldn't be as hard on the medium's body to, to work with spirit energy as opposed to ectoplasm. Absolutely, it is, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, let me see here. I think we have another caller. Hold on. Hi, did you want to say something? Oh, no, I'm just listening. I didn't know if 
you were giving little readings, but then I thought you probably Oh, no. Twice. Not today, no. But thank you listening. for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we, so why don't you talk about your foundation? Yeah, well, uh, of course, um, Skull finished in 1998, um, yeah, which is almost... Okay, before then, can you tell us why um, you disbanded the, the uh, circle? Uh, yes, um, it happened because there was interference um, in the sitting. There was nothing really nasty occurred, um, but what we were told by, well, this, this is after we'd lost contact with the spirit team, um, we were told that there was a group in the future, in our future, mm-hmm. um, who every time we sat was using something they called a crystal probe um, to try and connect with us and our sittings. And unfortunately, that had a very, very um, difficult effect on our sittings because um, it caused all the, and we worked with quite a lot of um, crystals on our table at that time, and it caused mm-hmm. them to actually shriek so loudly that our two mediums couldn't stay in, in, um, um, in trance any longer. Uh, and eventually, our spirit team told us that, unfortunately, this um, problem was something they couldn't overcome. So they were going to have to close the group down. Uh, and uh, that's really what happened. Um, we had um, the last four sittings where actually um, the only person we spoke to there uh, was a personality called Varun Herrick. Uh, and he, we believe, was actually a lord of the cosmos, um, not actually a, a spirit person as such, but somebody a bit sort of higher uh, up the hierarchy. Uh, and he told us that we had lost contact permanently with our spirit team and that we wouldn't be able to bring them back again and work with them again in the way we had at Skull. Uh, so it was closed down and... Uh, it was very, very difficult for us. If you could imagine the whole of your family um, disappearing all at one time and not being able to contact them again, that was exactly how it felt because our spirit team had become so much like family to us uh, and we just lost contact with them and it was so devastating. Oh. We tried everything after that to try and um, um, get the phenomena going again uh, and we just were not able to do it and uh, we now know that the reason we weren't able to do it then was that the time wasn't right but now uh, this year uh, 2018 we're mm-hmm. told that the time is now right for us to get phenomena again and we're starting to get very good phenomena and um, but you have to take into account that it's virtually 20 years since skull finished uh, in 1998 um, so it's taken that length of time to find the right people, the right place, the right combination, and get everything going again. But we are, with, with our group now, we're developing very well. Uh, and uh, as time goes by, we'll be in a position to actually demonstrate to members of the foundation and to members of the public the physical phenomena that we get. That's fascinating. They, because of another group, right, interfering, correct, Robin, and you had to shut down 
the, the yeah, and they were in our future. So yeah, in a way, what what spirit were trying to tell us um, is that the past, the present, and the future are, st- are actually running alongside one another, parallel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people in our future could actually find a little wormhole uh, and connect with us now. But we were told that one of the reasons that it had to close was the fact that these people who were 150 years ahead of us um, couldn't connect with us because they could tell us things about life uh, in 150 years which would actually change our way of thinking and could change the way that the world goes. And that would be against natural law, correct? That wouldn't be allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. So they had to stop it. That's, that's, excuse me, that's fascinating. Um, Okay, so then the circle closed, right? And that's yeah, that's sad. <clears throat> but you're moving on, and it's going to be better. So go ahead. Well, that, that's right. I mean, we we moved out. Eventually, we tried all sorts of groups um, in Skull. Um, we tried to use the cellar again, brought new people in, tried other other people out, and it just didn't work. So the thing was that Spirit have told us since anyway that uh, we weren't meant to start again at that time. But there was nobody from Spirit who could connect with us to tell us that. Um, So we just had to keep going and do what we could as we did. And eventually in 2006, um, we decided that we were going to emigrate to Spain. Again, because Sandra with her um, uh, her psychic uh, clairvoyance Mm -hmm. um, got the feeling that we had to go to Spain. Uh, And that was confirmed. We had several sittings with very, very good evidential mediums uh, who told us that's what we had to do. We had to go to Spain. Uh, And when we came over in 2006, um, in a very short space of time, um, early in 2007, um, we had two physical mediums visitors um, from Glasgow. And these people from Glasgow... um, gave us three sittings in our home here um, in Spain and we met them again a couple of months later we shared a gite in France that's a a holiday home in France Uh, and we had another couple of sittings there but in they were getting phenomena almost as good as skull in fact in in some ways better Uh, and they were getting solid spirit people there they were getting independent voice Um, all the things that we'd had in the past. Uh, And through all of that, we were being told that the reason we'd been brought to Spain was the fact that we had to put a group together here uh, and start a a centre where we could start a totally international um, uh, scientific centre for the research into physical mediumship, the development of physical mediumship, demonstration of physical mediumship and education of the public about life after death. Uh, And we were told that we had to call the new organization the Spiritual Science Foundation. In the past at Skoll, we'd had a a new Spiritual Science Foundation, but this is the real thing now. Uh, And we've been told in no uncertain terms that spiritual science is the pure science of life and life after death, mm-hmm. which really shows um, the the linkage between the two, life and death, and the fact that 
um, we can continue to communicate with our loved ones and people such as the scientists we work with today. So it's a reality. Uh, and because of the fact we were told that we were going to have this center, um, we were given at the time 25 uh, different um, clues as to where this center was going to be. Um, we were told that the name of the center began with an A. We were told that it was going to be very close to a place where uh, flamingos breed. We were told that there were going to be ancient tombs. We were told that there was going to be a, a natural spring. Um, we were told that there was going to be a sacred mountain. Um, we were told all sorts of different things. Uh, also, um, it was a place in Spain where all the UFOs had been spotted. Uh, mm. And uh, so that was a link in, in a way, again, to the ET that, um, that we'd had with us before. Uh, and uh, I did some research. Uh, this is bearing in mind this is about sort of April, May um, 2000 and, 2007. Uh, and the only place uh, in the whole of Spain that this, all these 25 different clues um, could apply was in a place called Antiquera uh, in Andalusia in Spain. And that's actually about 270 miles away from where we are now. Um, but we took that on board, but we didn't know at that time um, where this center was going to be. We knew it was going to be Antiquera. Uh, and ever since then, we've been going backwards and forwards on a regular basis uh, to Antiquera to try and sort out exactly where this um, this place is going to be. Now, the funny thing is that um, just before we went to Antiquera on the first occasion, which I think was in July 2007, um, Sandra managed to get a sitting um, with a very, very good and very evidential um, clairvoyant medium in the UK. Uh, now, her mother came through on that occasion, her mum had passed a few years previously, uh, and said, look out. Uh, when She gave us the dates that we were supposed to go, and they were exactly right, um, the dates we'd already decided on. Uh, and she said, when you're there, look out for the goats with the bells. Okay, sounded interesting. Uh, and so we went down there, and on the first night, well, the first day we got there, we actually booked into a hotel, the one that we were, were staying in, uh, and then decided, because we'd had a very long car journey, that we'd go and find somewhere to eat. Uh, and uh, as we, we went towards the, the um, sacred mountain, which is called the Torcal, hence the name of the Torcal Experimental Group, uh, and on the way... We happened to pass um, a, a restaurant uh, and uh, pulled in to see if they were open, and they weren't. Um, but the old chap that owned it leaned out of the window and said, don't worry about it, come in and I'll cook you a meal. So we no. went into this restaurant, uh, and uh, I was sitting with my back to the window. Uh, Sandra was sitting facing the window, and all of a sudden she said to me, oh, my God, and I spun round. And coming down the hill um, towards us um, were hundreds of goats with bells on. fine. <laughs> it didn't strike us at the time that what Sandra's mum had been trying to tell us was that this restaurant in which she was sitting was going to be the actual place they wanted us to start the centre in. 
So, and of course, it was still a restaurant at the time. But we went back to uh, the hotel, and overnight there, we brought down with us the crystals that we used to set out on the table in Skull when we were oh, having cool. a sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we left them in a bag. We hadn't set them out, uh, and we simply left them on, on a table in a bag. Uh, and then when we woke up in the morning, um, each and every one of those crystals had been set out exactly as it would have been in, in the sittings in Skull. Wow. So Spirit was trying to tell there's us another, something. There's there. another sign, uh, Robin. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was about four years ago um, when we'd sort of, we, we were almost pulling our hair out, wondering if we'd ever find where where we could start this centre. Uh, and we were sort of driving along the road in, in Antiquera and just happened to pass this restaurant again. And right on the front of the restaurant, there was a banner saying for sale. Uh, and uh, we thought, well, you know, sort of let's let's have a look at this. Now, we have another good friend that's developed physical mediumship. And at the time, uh, they, they were sort of living in France when, when we first started this quest. Uh, and we'd stayed with them. Uh, and uh, this guy, Brian, had said to us, uh, just as a passing remark, you'll know when you find the right premises because you'll see the eagles flying over it. And... <laughs> There again. So we got out of the car to look at this place. And as we looked up, there's two golden eagles flying overhead. And so there you go. That was, it really showed us that this has got to be the place. But it's taken four years, basically, of trying to get everything together before um, Spirit has said to us, come on, the time's now right. You've got to get on with it. And it's only since um, literally uh, the first of this year that we've started to get the phenomena and it's now coming uh, extremely well. We're getting a, a good development with the phenomena and we're pretty sure that when we finally get our centre in this place uh, that we'll be able to be in a position to de- to um, show the public and, and members of the um, uh, members of the foundation exactly what we've got there as we demonstrate it. That's wonderful. Well, we have a call. Let's let's see. What a story, though. Incredible. Welcome. Would you like to ask Robin a question? Well, I guess they're gone. So that's a that's a phenomenal story, Robin. You're you're certainly on the right track. There's no doubt oh, about absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I mean, we've had so many since then. We've had so many um, mediums have been able to sort of confirm that that's exactly the place that we need to have. And amazingly, it's still up for sale today, even after um, four years of, of trying to sell the property, because it has a very, very big hall, which was the restaurant, uh, and uh, you'd be able to fit 200 people in there, um, you know, sort of on a, on a theatre-style basis. Uh, so it's a great place for us to do our, our seminars, uh, and there's a very small barn behind, um, which we convert pretty much straight away. Um, so that we had um, uh, a proper uh, seance room there uh, to do our experiments in. So basically, you want to talk a little bit about if somebody wants to contribute to the foundation because you need money to obviously buy this property, We, we certainly do, yeah. And, I mean, people have been very, very kind to us. At this moment in time, um, we have, I think it's um, 14,600 and something euros there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to get together about 225 
thousand to buy the place. Um, but there is um, uh, a there's a film coming up, um, which is going to be called the Skull Movie, um, which is going to be a a big screen film, sort of proper Hollywood stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and that's getting underway at the moment. Um, so we're pretty sure that quite a large slice of the money that we need will come in that direction. But in the meantime, we need an awful lot of people um, to just put in uh, a few dollars, a few pounds here or there to help us out with uh, doing the place up when we get it. Uh, And uh, they can indeed sort of send any donations to us or um, uh, GoFundMe. is uh, There is a site on GoFundMe now um, and it's GoFundMe open open um, dash high, um, center dash for dash um, physical dash mediumship uh, and that's our site there so they can they can donate through GoFundMe um, or um, they can most certainly join the foundation that's what we want people to do that only mm-hmm. costs 20 euros per person right. for a year uh, and that would mean that if people wanted to come and see the demonstrations in the future they would also get a financial discount if they belong to the foundation. Plus, um, I'm personally available to help out any members of the foundation if they want to start um, their own groups. I can give advice and help to them, but I just don't have time to do it for the general public now. But for just 20 euros a year, then it's, mm-hmm. it's very good value and they can get my free time anytime. Well, that's that's worth it. Just to join the foundation and get your free time, that's worth Absolutely. it. It is. Well, I have one other question, and you've been a splendid guest, and thank you very much. But I have to ask you, who has inspired you on this fantastic journey that you have taken? Um. Well, really, it's got to be the spirit team. Um, but I think probably the most uh, the, the most inspiration that I got from it all uh, was from the medium Leslie Flint to hear independent voice for the very first time uh, and to carry out conversations with 15 spirit people um, speaking for anything up to 15 minutes, 20 minutes at a time uh, in their own voice that they had when they were on Earth. And that's something very, very evidential. Uh, and that really kicked everything off, and it's from there that I was hooked on it and have continued to work for it and for Spirit um, ever since then. Uh, and Spirit have always referred to us now as, as um, um, ambassadors for the Spirit world. So mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do is to help them, to help us, and to help mankind. Yes. Um, well, um, thank you very much. It's been an honor and a pleasure to speak with you, Robin. You're very welcome. Okay. Well, take care. It was great to meet you, and uh, hopefully we'll make it to Spain someday to see you in person, which would be great. Certainly hope so, and particularly when we've got the center. Yes. 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 So one last thing. Talk about, tell your website and your book's on it, right? Um, yeah. Would you give that website again, please? People might want that. And uh, yes, that book's the, on it. The website for the basic guide and for the book is www.skullexperiment.com. Okay. 
And is there somewhere where you go to the website it'll show you how to download the book or is it called something? That's that's actually it's called the basic guide and you download okay. it from that website. Okay, um, thank you. One of our one of our books is on that website, um, witnessing the impossible, and yeah. uh, the other book, um, which is called In Pursuit of Physical Mediumship, um, is still available from Amazon. Okay. Well, thank you, Robin. It's been a pleasure, and take care. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. That concludes our show for today. And as I said, it's been a pleasure to have Robin Foy. I want to thank all the truth seekers around the world for listening today. Till we meet again, may you be the light that helps others see.